Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, it's so good to be in the house of God, isn't it? Whether you're watching online in another campus or maybe you're at a local this morning, we are one church serving one God, amen? And I'm just so glad that uh, God's presence isn't limited to a location. He's everywhere and His Spirit is everywhere and He has a word for us today and He wants to reach each and every one of us. So I pray that wherever you are, wherever you're watching, that you just continue to keep your heart open this morning and allow God to speak to us in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thank you, team. You're amazing. Well, you know, last week, if you didn't, I think uh, Luke mentioned about Paul's message. I just really want to encourage you to get that message because it was an amazing word from God um, that would be a great encouragement to all of our hearts. And he mentioned in that word that each and every one of us have a divine call from God, a divine mandate to bring heaven to earth. That's not just for some, is for each and every one of us that proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, that we have a mandate to bring heaven to earth. And he, he talked about the, the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That mandate has been given to you and I to bring the will of the Father in heaven here on earth. He wants to use you and I to do that. I don't know about you, but that just blows my mind. That He wants to use our hands. He wants to use our feet. He wants to use our voice to bring the mandate. What is a mandate? A mandate is authority. A mandate to bring the authority of heaven here on earth through our lives. I'm sure we've all been guilty at times of praying that prayer, that significant, powerful prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. Maybe we've all been guilty of doing that in a repetitive manner because that's what we do. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. No, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Paul talked about praying that prayer from a, a personal conviction of faith a personal conviction of authority that you and I have been given to bring that mandate to earth. An authority that has an active faith that brings an activity here on earth that is already in heaven. It's already up there. We're the channel to bring it down here. So what is the activity of heaven? What is it? It's the supernatural realm. It's not of this earth. It's of another kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. 
As Paul said, God wants us to awaken the supernatural. That means to stir it up, church. You and I need to be people that are so hungry to see what is in heaven here on earth, to stir that up. We have an opportunity to do that. We have access to heaven and the authority to bring that to earth. There's supernatural anointing that pours from heaven. The anointing that saves, the anointing that heals, the anointing that delivers, the anointing that restores, the anointing that sets free those that are bound, the anointing that comforts, the anointing that brings joy, the same anointing that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, which we now get to live in the authority and power of. That anointing has been entrusted to us. The anointing from heaven. Now we get to stand in the authority of the name of Jesus. Romans 8, 1 to 4 and 9 to 11 in the Passion says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those that are joined in life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. For the law of the Spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us His Son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's Son gave His body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the Anointed One, listen to this, living His life in us. And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Is His life in us, church? The answer would be yes. Is His life in you? Is the answer yes? Yes, it is because of Jesus Christ. Are we living free? Good question. Are we living by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit? Because we can. We have access to it. We have access to it. Verse 9 says, But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. Now Christ lives His life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, His life-giving Spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Not because we're good enough. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's Spirit of resurrection lives in you, He will also raise your dying body to life by the same Spirit that breathes life into you, into me, 
into your lounge room, wherever you are today, into your local, into us. Wow, I don't know about you, but that's dynamic. We need that emoji. (laughs) Blows my mind. How do we access that power, church? That dynamic. The dynamic means a force that stimulates change. I don't know about you, but I want a force that stimulates change. I don't want the same old, same old. I don't want what this earth has to offer me. I want the dynamic of heaven to live in and through me and in and through you and I. So how do we access that dynamic power? We follow Jesus' example. It's as simple as that. We follow His example. We don't read a self-help book. We don't get it from secondhand information. We follow Jesus and we learn from His example. Jesus lived a life with an eternal perspective. That's where His dynamic came from. It didn't come because He was the Son of God, because He came as a natural earthly human being like you and I to show us that we can also Tap into that dynamic that he knew and lived from. He lived a life with an eternal perspective. And because of that, he lived a life of worship and surrender to his Father. When he was weakened emotionally, which he was, when he was weakened physically, which he was, when he was even weakened spiritually, which he was, because he was human, he knew what it was to surrender self, to dig deep, to look up, to give thanks, to prioritise the temporal for the eternal. How much of my life, how much of our lives are so focused on the temporal? instead of the eternal. We are not here for the temporal. We're here to bring the kingdom, the eternal, to earth. But how much of our lives are so fixated on the temporal that we don't access the eternal dynamic power that is available to us? Jesus poured out his surrender to his Father and he was filled up with strength and anointing as he poured out to his Father. Psalm 23 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life because you anoint my head with oil. It's at his table, church, that we are empowered. The power is at his table. He is our anointing. One 
Friday morning last November, at the end of the November, we had a phone call that nobody wants to get. And the phone call was from the result of an MRI that Pastor Paul had had on his brain. Thinking that he had concussion from a bike accident that he had had a few weeks before, I got the call to say, is Paul with you? And he was actually about to go fishing with our son, Luke. And I said, no, he's not actually. And he said, well, you need to get him. He can't go fishing. Get the family together. I want to do a conference call. I'll call you in two hours' time. Obviously, we knew that wasn't a very good call that we were going to get. So we got the family together. I rang the children and said, you need to come home. And we sat in our lounge room one Friday afternoon as we listened to the result of Paul having three melanoma tumours in his brain and that he needed to immediately go to the hospital. He went to the hospital on that Friday, came home Saturday morning. We got all the children together. Paul spent time on his own with each of the boys knowing that he may not recover from the operation. We talked about, uh, well, first of all, we prayed. <laughs> that was that was the ingenious thing to do and committed it to God on the Friday. Then we had time as a family together and um, Sunday morning, so going from Friday finding out, Saturday having family time, Sunday the solicitor came to our house to get our affairs in order as they told us to do. And then on Monday morning, Luke came to pick Paul up at quarter to six in the morning to take him to hospital to have brain surgery. To say that was a hectic few days is an understatement from not knowing anything to bang, bang, bang. And as Luke left with Paul on that Monday morning, I sat in my bed because there was gonna be six and a half hours of surgery. I actually lay on my bed. I got my phone with worship music from Spotify. And I lay that phone on my chest and just worshiped God. And in that moment, a divine, supernatural, heavenly exchange took place. That's the only way I can explain it. And I just worshipped God with the music. And I tangibly sensed the love and endearment that the Father has for His Son, Jesus. I felt and sensed that love overshadow not only my heart, but I knew that it was going right into the operating theatre, overshadowing Paul. And I saw in my spirit eye a dove in the operating theatre as I lay and worshipped the Father and had this exchange. And the dove was just hovering from side to side around Paul's head the whole time, hovering and hovering and hovering. And it was like the gentleness of the Holy Spirit just guiding the surgeon's hand. As I lay there and worshipped God, 
And I felt a tangible peace come over me that I knew was in that operating room and with those doctors. It was a long time. Several hours had passed. And I looked up and I saw what was like a cloud that had been dark parting with a blue, clear sky in between it. And I could literally see angels from heaven looking down as that sky was parted. And I got a glimpse of heaven. And I felt the same expectancy that the angels had when they were looking down from heaven as Jesus was being born in earth. And I knew at that moment that we were both being held by the anointing of heaven. And I understood in a more tangible way in that moment what it means to have the Father looking at us through the eyes of Jesus. When he looks at us, church, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see us in our brokenness, in our humanity. He, he loves us with the pureness that he loves Jesus. And whew, after many hours, I literally saw that wound being covered up as the Holy Spirit hovered around. And then a few hours later, I just saw him go heavenward, back up to heaven. And I felt like God say to me, it's done. And that's literally when the operation ended, I found out later. And Luke came to see me, hadn't heard from me for a few hours, so he came to look after, look after me. He's a good son. And instead of seeing somebody that was an absolute mess, he saw somebody that had encountered heaven. And that's not because I'm special, but I made a choice. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to tap into what I have authority to tap into. And I tell you, it's left me with a hunger for more. After that experience, I said, God, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose this place. Do you know that place is for every one of us to access? The place where the miraculous is. The place where comfort is, the place where healing is, the place where salvation is. It left me with just such a hunger because there's so much power, church, in our worship. So much power. And I believe the Father wants us to understand that in a deeper measure. And not just understand it, but live in it. There's power in our worship. Worship is our surrender. Worship is our warfare. It's our weapon. Worship is our victory. I'm inspired by a story I've heard many times of a Dr. J. Edwin Orr, known as the greatest authority ever on revival in the church. He's a lecturer at Wheaton College. He took some students in 1940 to a brief visit to England to visit the Epworth Rectory, where John Wesley was based. Beside the bed are two worn impressions in the carpet where it was said that John Wesley knelt for hours in prayer for England's social and spiritual renewal. As students, we're getting, 
as the students were getting on the bus, he noticed one missing. Going back upstairs, he found one student kneeling in the carpet, knee holes praying in the carpet, knee holes, praying with his face on the bed. Oh Lord, do it again, do it again. All placed a hand on the student's shoulder and said gently, come on, Billy, we must be going. And rising, Billy Graham joined the bus. God will do it again if we are committed to praying. The Bible says to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. All it takes is one man or woman to stand in the gap and pray. When Wesley and Billy Graham, they were men who knew what it was to worship and surrender. And God did amazing things in and through their life and their prayers. They accessed the dynamic anointing from heaven and released it on earth. Not because they're special, because they surrendered. Bill Johnson says, hmm, I told myself I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> God is not looking for people who are busy. He's looking for people who represent his heart. I'm not going to represent in action what I've not found in prayer. From our knees, we have the greatest effect on the world around us. So Jesus lived with eternal perspective. He also lived with an, as an overcomer. How did he do that? How did he live as an overcomer? It was because his inner empowerment and strength came from the connection to his father, not from his own strength and ability or gifting. John 15, 5 and 9 and 11 in the uh, Passion Translation. I am the sprouting vine, ah, and you're my branches. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Love each of, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered in His love. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us, church. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. The enduring that Jesus experienced wasn't natural all humanly possible. It was supernatural because he was full of and connected to his God. It was cultivated on a continual surrender and relationship with him. It didn't just happen. It was lived out. It was carved out. It didn't just happen because it was Jesus. He had to make a choice on the daily to give God all the glory and surrender. You know, it was because of Jesus' surrender to the Father. As he surrendered, that's what de determined the power that he lived from. That's what determined the anointing that he lived from. And it's no different with you and I. 
It's our intimacy, our drawing from, our continual surrender to that gives us the endurance and the strength to live from that supernatural place, not the natural. And then in in turn, we can give God the glory and stand in the finished work of God. I know there are many examples online in the campuses, here in the auditorium today, in the locals, but I'm using my own personal now example. There's been so many along this journey so far that have said of Pastor Paul, from doctors to nurses to neighbours and people, how amazed they are at Paul's strength in facing his health challenge. Saying to him, you're so strong, you're so positive. And he's the first one to point to God, saying it's the man upstairs. I've got the man upstairs and I've got a lot of people all over the world praying to the man upstairs to give me strength. But you know what? That's a choice on the daily for him. It doesn't just happen. He's carving it out. We carve it out continually because our strength doesn't come from the natural. It comes from the dynamic anointing of the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. So he lived with an internal perspective. He lived as an overcomer because his empowerment and strength didn't come from himself but from the connection to his Father. He lived a life of giving beyond himself, beyond the natural realm. When he could have given up, when he could have said, I've got enough to deal with myself. He gave. What is that? That wasn't his own strength. That was the anointing from heaven. In his darkest days, Jesus gave. He didn't live for himself. He lived beyond himself all the way to you and I this morning. Mother Teresa says, like Jesus, we belong to the world, living not for ourselves, but for others. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, I see that depth of relationship in Pastor Paul being our work in his darkest what days, always giving, always has, and he always will. And he can only do that from drawing from that supernatural realm because that's where the anointing comes from. It doesn't just come. We're gonna lay hands and anoint people with oil in a moment, but it doesn't just come from someone laying their hand on us and putting oil on our forehead. Although that is a significant moment to say, God, I want more of you. I need more of you. It comes from our surrender. His Spirit is with us. Our eternity is sealed. His Spirit is in us. Our empowerment is secured. And His Spirit is on us. And our enabling is supernatural. Our empowerment today is found in the anointing of God, the anointing of heaven. Not just believing today, and we are believing that the anointing of heaven is gonna come to each and every one of us. But not just for today, but that anointing will live in us, that will help us and enable us to walk out whatever is before us this year in the power and the anointing from heaven. Amen, church. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. 
and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.